Hello, and welcome back to Big Chris's Podcast. Today, we're going to speak about the curse of Cush. A detailed look at the history, evolution, and challenges surrounding these popular varieties. Our history of Kush begins in the rugged Hindu Kush mountains of northeastern Afghanistan, homeland of the world's finest hashish. Legendary Afghanistan Primo was created by sieving crushed dry cannabis flowers, a technique well adapted to the arid and often cold climates along the t- the temperate the temperate southwestern fringe of Central Asia. During the late, during the 1960s and 70s, many adventurous wanderers passed through Afghanistan as they followed the hippie trail from Europe to India. By the time Westerners reached the region, land race hashish varieties had begun grown and processed with traditional techniques for generations, and both the farmers and their crops were well adapted to the arid, alpine conditions. Travelers familiar with cannabis plants growing in other regions soon realized that the Afghan varieties look different. Shorter plants with broad, dark green leaflets and stout branches supporting denser and leafier, denser and leafier, Inflorescence covered with copious risen glands that sparkled in the intense sunlight. Most significantly, the aroma and flavors of Afghan hashish flowers were of intense, entirely different spectrum. More resins, earthly dark, no, earthly dank and skunky smelling when compared to the more herbal, spicy, flavory, and fruity aromas 1970s marijuana smokers were learning to relish and varieties from the Hindu Kush formed a class by themselves. Coming to North America, from the late 1960s into the early 80s, travelers and smugglers brought seeds of this amazing new hash plant home. And the first domestically grown Afghan cannabis sprung up in the Western Gardens. These early home growers were already familiar with New World land race varieties such as Colombian, Jamaican, and Mexican, along with Old World Indian, Nepalian, Thai, and even African. These biodiversity of introduced land races was at its zenith. This traditional segment of varieties were imported from subtropical latitudes and most matured later in autumn than was practical across much of temperate North America. Many plants surrounded to win- no succumb to winter frost before they could fully mature. All these early signal land races shared the common traits of taller growth with narrow light to medium grown leaflets, spaced along longer branches with lax inflorescent 
within which resin gland production was largely limited to the flavor to the flower bracts rather than being shared by the small leaflets these early narrow leaflets produced an array of fragrances and flavors that enhanced and modified an uncomparably diverse array of enjoyable and potentially therapeutic effects, but they often produce only small amounts of potent flowers. By the early 1970s, crosses between these imported land races had begun to yield and prove narrow leaf hybrid varieties grown from seed that had larger and more potent flowers than their predecessors. These gained properly quickly, proper popularity quickly, and by the end of the decade, potent and flavorful narrow leaflets hybrids like Original Haze and Kona Gold had become legendary in their own right. Most early domestic Afghan growers kept their coveted hash plant seeds close to home, but eventually the seeds were spread far and wide. By the late 1970s, they were rapidly gaining popularity in isolated regions across North America. Af- Afghan land races expressed several key aromatic traits that were adventurous to prohibition era outdoor sigma growers. The most e- economically favorable traits included short, stout, early uh, maturation, and enhanced resin gland production. Hybrids between the recently introduced Afghan varieties and the wide range of extant narrow leaflet land races produced some spectacular results. Earlier maturing vigorous plants yielded heaps of dense, pugnant, and potent flowers. What more could a grower want? OG Kush Origins Privacy Privacy and security. That's what as the war on drugs heated up. Growers sought refuge indoors under lights. OG Kush, traditional, later maturing, tall and sparse, narrow leaflet similia variety produced challenging, challenging to grow indoors and shorter, faster maturing hashish plants with dense flowers offered a similarly perfected solution. Hashish eczemilia hybrids paired with high-intensity lighting, lighting became the unstoppable force that spread urban cannabis cultivation worldwide. This is where the modern OG Kush story begins. The OG Kush lineage is a product of Prohibition era. Indoor cultivation in the, light, in the late 1990s, Florida resident Matt Bubba Berger grew a northern lights cutting he would later dub Bubba after the term of endearment bestowed upon him by his grandmother Berger Berger also acquired a local Floridian favorite known as Cripley or Supernot from local grower Alec Anderson as the story goes Crippy was renamed Kush after a friend of Bergener's, Bergener's claimed the dense, colorful, round buds looked like something he called Kushberries. 
with no apparent knowledge of the important impact of his of Hindu Kush land races on traditional similar varieties, and it is entirely possible that the name Kush was subconsciously associated with cannabis, most likely the Northern Light based variety Bubba parent was more closely related to a true Afghan Hindu Kush land race than what would eventually become the famous OG Kush colonial variety. For years, Kush remained a well-kept secret shared within an insular community of Florida, a Florida, uh, what did it say? A Florida, uh, oh, a Florida growers, excuse me. It did not gain its now international fame until it was smuggled to Los Angeles and placed in the hands of Josh D, whose name has become synonymous with the modern-day OG Kush clone. Josh D became the guiding force who ultimately produced the cultivation techniques required to grow its to grow this aeronomically changing plant. OG Kush is not an, an early oh it's not an easy plant to grow. It is sensitive to light and nutrient levels, susceptible to pests, and when stress produces a few male flowers and accidentally seeds. Josh D shared cuttings and knowledge with Numbers of friends and growers who would eventually spread OG Kush cuttings around the world. Profile, heritage, and evolution. Though the primary origins and lineage of OG Kush heritage one still surrounded in mystery, its terpene profile and intense effects suggest it is closely related to many other Afghan varieties with which it shares since adventurous and some delirious traits because it spontaneously develops occasional male flowers resulting in self-pollinated seeds and the resulting offspring are remarkably similar to the OG Kush parent cutting the inbred OG Kush family also accidentally spread through flower cells. The intense aroma of OG Kush became such a maturing tool. No, such a it became such a marketing tool that many aspiring similar breeds could not resist crossing their varieties with OG Kush in order to capitalize on the. Let me see. To capitalize on the burgoing, oh, the the bur the what is it? The burgeoning demand for extremely favorable flowers, while focusing solely on fragrance, potence, and retail appearance, many breeders unconsciously encouraged and proliferated some of Afghanistan's much less desirable traits as well. The most detrimental of these traits include extreme susceptibility to molds sus oh susceptibility susceptibility to molds mildews and other economically threatening pests 
Members of the highly prized Kush family of hybrid Samilia cuttings are all distant relatives of hashish land races imported from Afghanistan, and they will, and they all express many flavorful parental traits from both their their broad leaflet Afghan and narrow leaflet non-Afghan ancestors. The traditional pre-Afghan hybrids were distance were distance of narrow leaflets land races that were mostly originated in sem in semi-tropical climates and over time had evolved natural resistance to a variety of pests, especially fungi. Traditional seed-grown natural narrow leaflet varieties matured late in autumn and often endured cold fog and drizzy rain without developing a touch of gray mold. And the mildews such common today were rarely seen, seen on cannabis crops. Pre-Afghan varieties were susceptible, susceptible to few pests and diseases and rare infectious infect, infestations usually remain isolated on the other hand. Afghan land races originated in a day in a dry, oh, they originated in a dry climate with few fungi, providing scent evolutionary pressure to develop resistant to fungi infection and resulting in populations that proved highly successful to fungi attack. Indoor grow rooms and um, greenhouses atmospheres are often considered to be more humid than the outside air, and when Varieties of Afghan heritage are grown indoors. They are most often compromised by pests and pathogens. This sensibility has grown to be a dominant trait in present-day hybrids. And OG Kush and its relative within the OG and within the Kush family, as well as most other modern-day cannabis, no, as other modern-day drug cannabis hybrids, whether rich in TAC, CBD, or both target compounds, have inherited this economically threatening trait. Today, susceptibility to the pest, susceptibility to the pest can result in catastrophic crop losses that will prove to be unsustainable in a normalized agricultural cannabis industry. OG Kush Influence the Kush family, which would eventually be collectively known as OGs, produces some of the most highly sought after and expensive cannabis flowers ever produced. Their contribution to the modern modern day commodities economic system has been bypassed impactful, resulting from its Insulation throughout much of the modern day drug cannabis gene pool and its resident, resident, no, what did it say? Excuse me, excuse me, and its resident widespread influence on pop culture. Kush based varieties have shaped the parameters of what many modern cannabis consumers seek from the plant. Yet these popular Kush varieties carry many of their original Hindu Kush land race traits and still 
unintentionally harbor, aid, and abet the spread of a host of dangerous pests and diseases. Of course, none of these dark outcome was, you know, predicted. Everyone worked in good faith and nobody is to blame. However, a variety of heritage is invertibly and pests suspectedly impended heavily on our industry. As we move with our plants into a more regulated and highly competitive market, the influence Kush varieties had on the cannabis gene pool and why these influences spread so quickly is a history firmly entangled in the web of prohibition while we gaze into the future and seek directions for shaping our ever-changing relationship with the cannabis plant as it becomes an agriculture commodity we should take into account both our modern celestial needs as well as the rich history of our favorite plant so once again this is you know just a short briefing but this was a little longer and this one's called the curse of kush so you know lots of people love kush i always love kush myself it's one of the, my favorite strands you know kush out of the different ones you know we got chronic kush stress regular all this shit from the street but you know now it's regulated we're moving forward to um end the prohibition america in america and make you know America safer, and just it's the economically stop this war, this war on drugs, cut off the smuggling and all that, and make it you know America Incorporated, all the jobs, all the all the revenue, all the, it's just so many good things that's gonna come about it. It's just gonna be beautiful. So you know, once again, this is Big Chris Potter, uh podcast, excuse me, my podcast, and this wouldn't be possible without Anchor FM. It's about let me see what time it is. It's 1.43 in the morning. I'm so tired. That's why I've been kind of loopy and going. I'm a little droggy. But I just wanted to get this information out there to you guys as soon as possible. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And tune into my next episode coming pretty soon. God bless America. Stay focused. Stay uh, out of trouble. And keep your heads up. And take care. Once again, this is Big Chris Pod- uh, Podcast. Excuse me. This is Big Chris Podcast. And we'll be coming out shortly with another one. So you guys take care. One love and stay up. Shout out to uh, Anchor FM. One love. Peace.